ninth commandment is you shall not bear false witness. You shall not bear false witness. It's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. You don't need to turn there. I've asked you to turn to 1 John, and we'll start reading there in a minute. This has to do with the subject of integrity. Integrity. Now, integrity is a big subject. covers a lot of ground. Um, and we hear it often uh, in a very, I don't know, we hear it from people who want to claim they have integrity but really don't. <laughs> and so a lot of times our understanding of what is meant by integrity is shaped in ways that I don't think are, are appropriate. And so I'm going to put, uh, not that I have any corner on the market here in terms of what the definition of integrity is, but just so you know where I'm coming from, this is my definition of integrity. The evidence of an integration of all the components of a person's life into a seamless whole. All of you have a lot of different aspects of your life. You know, there's your relational life. There's your work life. There's your, um, you know, uh, your uh, recreational life. There, you have all, all of you wear different hats. Some of you wear mom's hat, dad hat. Grandpa's hat, some of you wear employees' hats, some of you, you know, get what I'm saying? There's lots of different aspects and parts to our lives. Sometimes they don't talk to each other very well. Sin kind of causes the, the different parts of our life to not communicate well with each other, not to be integrated with each other. So sometimes what I believe in my heart is not what I live out in public. Sometimes what I say is not what I do. You see what I'm saying? There's disconnection between different aspects of our lives. But integrity is what God means to bring to us as part of his uh, recovery and restoration in our lives. And it causes all of that to begin to be connected in a way that when, <clears throat> I'm not saying this is true of me yet, but I'm on the way there. I, but I want it to be so one day that you can look in my eyes and see the bottom of my feet. That there isn't anything in the way there. I'm clear as a bell. I, all of the aspects of my life are fully integrated. That I am a man of integrity. That's what that means to me. And I'm going to be talking to you today about even just one small part of that definition, which is the subject of honesty. Because I think we'd all agree that honesty has got to be part of integrity, right? So here we go. And I want to start by talking about, uh, if my thing will cooperate, about the costs of low integrity. And most of us are aware of them, but let me just, for the sake of making sure we're all on the same page, uh, put them on the screen. The first that I thought of as political spin. And I don't know you about you, but I probably actually do know about you. You're probably as sick of political spin as I am. And, and just in case you wouldn't know what that means, it means that, not that they're bad people by any means, but it's just the nature of the beast. Our politicians, whether they are local or, or federal, they are... Uh, people who have a job to, to take whatever the conditions, circumstances, words, speeches, issues that are presented and spin them in a way that uh, meets their desired end. 
And there are times Sue will tell you this is the truth. I'll be sitting at home watching television, and I will just say out loud, I'll say, please tell me the truth. Right? Have you ever had that moment where you just say, cut the, I won't say it, and just tell me the truth. Right? And it just, it, it, it so permeates our society. We've just gotten used to it. And man, I, I'm, uh, I don't want to be used to it. I don't want to live that way. God didn't want his people to live that way. So he said, don't bear false witness on your way to establishing oh, the land of promise that I'm going to give you. Don't do this. Be people of integrity, people of honesty. Another area where we pay the price for low integrity is commercial deception. All day, every day, 24-7, we are bombarded with advertising and marketing, people who are trying to sell us something. And <clears throat> they will say anything to get us to buy their goods or services. And we've gotten so uh, used to the fact that um, we can't believe them that the the volume of the marketing keeps going up because they have to get our attention somehow. And, and so the making of these absurd promises like the kind of toothpaste that you use is going to change your life is just part of the fabric of our... And it, it's caused the skepticism and a cynicism to just accompany us everywhere we go. We, we, we'll look at stuff and we'll go, yeah, really, right, sure. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to live that way. Another area where we pay the price for low integrity is relational distrust. You know, you meet somebody and you look them in the eye and you don't know if you can trust them. You smile real big and they might smile back at you, but you don't really know what their agenda is. And so we always keep everybody just a little at arm's length. We want to have a little safety cushion in case they don't, you know, come through or they don't do what they say or they're not as, or they're not as they appear. Oh, how that damages, how that reduces the value of our relationships. I want to live in a world where I can be close to you. I don't have to protect myself from you. The effort that it takes to keep that guard up is exhausting. It's exhausting. And, and finally, uh, and I'm sure there's more, but the last one I'm going to put on the screen is spiritual wounds. Um, you know, I, I'm very sensitive to this because I, uh, I am at this stage in my life, I'm overseeing other pastors and and I am, I, am, I am grieved more than I can express to you by how many times spiritual leaders, Christian leaders, operate with such low integrity that they end up hurting people in the deepest places of their hearts and lives. And uh, I, I, that's not the world God intended for us to live in. That's why he gave us the ninth commandment. We don't have any, any models to turn to. I mean, even the people that we... I, I mentioned, and I, please don't get me wrong, I, I, um, I mentioned earlier in the service about uh, what I saw this week about uh, the Golden State Warriors 
superstar um, guard saying that the Holy Spirit is moving in their locker room. I don't know him. I, I, don't, I don't know how to evaluate that. I pray that's true. But I got to tell you, I've seen so many public figures claim to be a Christian, claim this or that about their faith in God, you know, helping them win the game and all that kind of stuff that I've just become a little, I don't like this about me, but a little jaundiced about that. Because I, there's really no person. We, we want heroes. We want people that we can put on a pedestal and say, yes, I want to be like that guy or that girl and, aren't, and, and I'm proud of them. And so we want that. And I, I think that's a, a natural thing. I think it's something God gave us. But man, I've just been disappointed so many times. Maybe you have too. But we do have someone who fits that pedestal. Someone who is a hero that can always be counted on. Someone who will never, ever, ever fail us. Our God. The Bible says he cannot, it's not possible for him to lie. Numbers uh, chapter 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent, meaning he's never capable of doing anything he would ever have to repent of. Has he said and he will not do? Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? God cannot lie. Jeremiah 1.12 says he is careful with his word. Let me see if I can catch up here. Because God is the personification of integrity. He cannot lie. And he is careful with his word. Jeremiah 1.12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word, or I watch over my word to perform it. He, the Bible says, will fulfill his word in every detail. Every detail of his word will be fulfilled. Matthew 5.18 says, For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Well, that, I'm not sure I understood that. Let me help you. Jot, a jot is the smallest uh, letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And it, so it would be like uh, in, our, in our English alphabet, the letter I, the smallest uh, the the uh, lowercase i, smallest letter that we can write. That's what a jot is, or a yota. A tittle is the smallest stroke uh, in the Hebrew in Hebrew writing, like a dot over the i. So God says, "Look, I I am watching over my word to perform it. Not one jot or tittle will pass away." Before all is fulfilled. The promises God has made to you. I'm not even talking about the ones that he's spoken into your life personally. personally, But right here, this book is full of God's promises to us. He is watching over everyone. Fear not. Every jot and every tittle, he will fulfill. Boy, that's, that's good news. And so much different than we are. <laughs> we are so casual with our word, right? I'll meet Alex on the street and we'll shake hands or hug or something. I'll say, Alex, uh, give my regard to your wife, Raz. Now, he won't and, I won't, and I won't expect him to, right? 
It's just something we say. Right? We are so casual with how we say things. Or, and it's just sad. It's sad, right? God is not like that. If he says, he will do. Count on it. Bank on it. <clears throat> In fact, <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse 17 says there's no shadows with him. Every good uh, gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. There's no, no little hidden corners of stuff in God's life, things that are kind of out of view and tucked away or mysterious or unclear or uncertain. No, our God is in the light, absolutely and completely. There's no shadow, no hint that he might be different today than he was yesterday or will be tomorrow. The Bible says he's the same. And if it couldn't be any clearer, John 14, 6 says, Jesus is speaking, he says, I am the truth. He is the personification of truth. He is our model, our role model of integrity. Now I ask you to turn to 1 John chapter 1 and I want to have you begin read, reading with me at verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you <clears throat> that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and how many of you here would be willing to raise your hand and say, I, I, I would say I have fellowship with him. I'm a follower of Christ. I have fellowship with him. Okay. If we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, and I'm not talking about, you know, sins particularly. If that's not what this is about. If I, if I say I have fellowship with him, but I'm walking in the shadows... I'm living my life in the shadows. We lie. And we do not practice the truth. He's saying that truth, honesty, integrity is different than the life most of us live, which is out here kind of in the shadows. And we just put out there in front the things we want you to see or hope that you'll believe about us. The masks that we want to wear we're presenting ourselves in the way we want to be seen, but really there's a whole other side of things that we just kind of keep hidden. When we do that, when we walk in darkness, we are not. We're lying when we say we are in fellowship with the one who is in the truth. That's a harsh word, but I think we've got to see it in that kind of stark reality. But he doesn't leave us there. Verse 7, but... If we walk in the light, he is presenting to us an invitation to integrity. If, that the possibility exists there now. God is calling you and me to live a life of integrity, a life in sync with the ninth commandment. Don't bear false witness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, there's two things that happen. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The first, we have true fellowship. We enjoy true fellowship. Now, we think it's just the opposite that will happen. If I, if I am completely honest with you, if I'm just out there, 
If I bring everything that's in the shadows, the stuff I don't want you to see, the stuff I'm protecting, if I just brought it all out there and just stood before you, we think, well, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't um, want, respect me. You wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. God says in his word, if we step out into the light as he is in the light, that's where we find true fellowship. The word fellowship, koinonia or kinonia in the Greek, is a word that's often used in uh, wedding ceremonies. It's about the kind of depth of relationship that a husband and wife had and got, have. And God says that we can enjoy that kind of relationship with one another. But it means we've got to drop our guard. You gotta take the mask off. You gotta be willing to just be out there, right? This is me, and I'm not. I'm not uh, uh, excusing the things that are unfinished, but I'm not hiding them either. And don't haven't you experienced that when someone is just honest with you, that there is a bonding that goes deep, because then you feel the safety to reciprocate, and all of a sudden. All of the effort to try to be somebody that, you know, you're, you're trying to spin, somebody you're trying to create, someone, you know, all of that effort goes away and, and now it's just relationship, right? God says we can have that if we'll walk in the light. And then he says, <clears throat> the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we have the... We also have this twisted idea that somehow, if I really walked in the light, I'm, I'm going to be having to bring this stuff I'm ashamed of out before God. And he's like, he doesn't already know. Come on, he already knows. And here's what we think. Look, God, I'm just going to kind of keep this over in my little workshop and I'll tinker with it and try to get it straightened out. When I do, I'll bring it out and then you'll be happy, right? I'll end this habit or I'll change this way of, you know, that I'm not so happy about and or proud of. And when I get it fixed up, then I'll, I'll, I'll show you. It doesn't work that way. Shortest route to getting that taken care of, bring it out into the light. Because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all unrighteousness. There's this flow of cleansing. It's not just talking about the, the positional aspect of cleansing. What I mean by that is the day you came to Christ and gave him your, your life, received the gift of the forgiveness of God, all your sin was cleansed in terms of your position with him and his relationship to you. But we all know there's still some stuff that's that's in a process as a result. That process of ongoing cleansing and redeeming and restoring happens best out in the light. You will fail to try to do it yourself. I really am done now. That's kind of it. I want to leave you with that hope, though, for a different way of living. Now, we're not going to be able to change this world, uh, you know, likely, Anytime soon, it's still going to be filled with, you know, political spin and commercial deception, relational distrust and spiritual wounds. But I bet we could do something about our little corner of that world if we started to obey the ninth commandment, dropped our guard, just stepped out into the light and watched what God could do.
This is recording number 11162 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, May 24, 2015. This is the 15th message in a series titled, The Exit, A Journey to Freedom. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Integrity.